Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, Antonio. So we've, uh, I was just looking at our site and we've reached, this is our 28th episode. So we're well on the way to 50. Awesome. 28? Yeah, 28. Yeah, even okay. though our website says 27, we had that one episode where I, I, we had two for the same, two for one. We, had a do, we did oh, a yeah. two for, yeah. Uh-huh. So, but this is actually 28. This is the 28th separate episode. We've made cool. it. Yeah. And we will probably top 10,000 listens because we're a couple hundred away. Yeah. That's uh, room for celebration there. Yeah. Yeah. 10,000. What would you say if we had a dollar for every play that we had? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. We will bill people retroactively. Yes, yes. All you, all you people <laughs> listening, we're gonna, we're, we're sending you bills. So check the mail. <laughs> but I've had a week of being really not well. So the last bro- podcast was delayed, sending out, and you know we're a little backed up. But I was really sick for a week, so it's kind of happy to be. I'm happy to be not as sick. Yeah. No, it's good to have you back. Yeah. And this time I don't have, I didn't get laryngitis. So. Good. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we have a good topic. I'm excited about this. Yeah, you came up with the topic. So what is it? What are we talking about today? We're talking about, I like how you put it, someday your prince will come. Someday your prince will come. Yeah. P-R-I-N-T-S. Oh, yeah, we're talking about printing and uh, producing actual works of art and things that hang on the wall. And I, I guess... One reason it occurred to me is just because, you know, I think most of us photographers these days, so much of what we do is in this virtual world, which can be fun. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of ways to share and publish. And we're going to touch on some of those today because the the general theme is just getting your images out into the world. But specifically, we want to begin by talking about actually producing prints of one kind or another. And um, I mean, I took thousands of images before I really started printing anything up, and it was really fun. Um, I don't know if you remember in The Jerk, Steve Martin, when the phone book came and his name was in the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> he got very excited. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's how it can feel when you order, you know, um, like I'm partial to stretched canvas prints. Um, I think they're fun. And uh, when when you get a big one like 20 by 30 or 40 by 50, I think I've done, when that comes in the mail, it's it's really fun to see this big, huge box and open it up and, um, and to actually have uh, a photograph of your own that's, that you can just touch and see and hang on the wall. It gets you outside the matrix of the virtual world. Yeah. And, it's fun. Yeah, let's take a step back for a second because I'm coming from the old world where, uh, you know, with film, all you pretty much could do is get prints. So, you know, you dropped off your negatives at a, you know, a lab and you would get back either a contact print or 36 prints that that's how you, you know, interacted with your pictures. You kind of automatically started with a print. Uh huh. They may not be the final prints that you wanted, but you get a bunch of four by six prints from your lab and you sit down and you look at them or you get a contact sheet and you look at those. So life for the photograph always started off as a print, but you know, like I'm sort of living with the consequences of that. Cause I've got ton, I've got classes full of prints that yeah. I don't know what to do with. 
It's like there's so mm-hmm. many of them. Reminds me of that great documentary of, I think it's uh, Capra's images of the Spanish Civil War that were just found in that. Uh, oh, in the suitcase? Yeah, in the footlocker or something. Or maybe it was a suitcase. It yeah. was a suitcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's cool to think that, you know, I mean, that's part of the beauty, I think, of, of printing in any form is, you know, you have brought something into the world that now exists. I'm, I'm always nervous, and we've talked about backing up images and how to safeguard against losing things, but printing is, is one way to do that. Once a, once a print exists, you know, it's, it's in the world and kind of takes on a life of its own. Yeah, as a print, it's understood, you know, so... You, you open up a box of, you know, prints at a flea market and you can understand what you're looking at. And, yeah. you know, 40 years in the future, there's going to be a bunch of hard drives sitting at, you know, <laughs> a flea market. And you're going to look at them and you're going to say, I don't know what's on these. If there's photographs, some guy's photographs or, you know, I, who knows? And whether or not you can even use them. But the, but the print itself, you know, we have prints from, you know, hundreds of years ago, you know, when photography first started, there's still prints that exist. And so... It is an archival way to, to to keep your pictures. Of course, you know the prints can get damaged as well. But um, I always tell people that if you want to keep your pictures forever, print them. You know, I mean, it does mean that you're going to have, you know, storage issues because printing your pictures yeah. can take yeah. up a lot of space and a lot of time too to make them. Yeah, yeah, and you're generally not going to print them all, but it's a nice gift too. It's nice to share. Again, I think that's part of the tension between the virtual and the, the you know real world. I mean, it's fun to share pictures after a trip, email somebody a link to Dropbox or whatever. But you know, when you send somebody a print in the mail or give a friend a gift, then um, that can be really a nice thing to do. And and then um, I don't know. I, I feel like it separates out an image and puts it in a different category once it exists in that print form. Yeah, and you talked about sharing, you know, when we would make prints and you would drop the film off and you might get two prints for, you know, you drop off a roll of 36 and they might make two of each print. So you got 72. So you could share those to some extent, but you really Uh couldn't share all of them because you would run out of prints. You know, if you wanted to send one picture to, you know, 12 family members, then you'd have to make 12 copies of the print. And today, you know, if you do want to share the picture... It's much easier, like you said, it's much easier to just, you know, upload it someplace and, and send a link to it and everybody can see the picture. So, you know, the balance is where we're at now. There's a lot more sharing and seeing of pictures because it's so much easier now to see a photograph because of the sharing and the, the online uh, aspect of that. Yeah. But a lot of our experience then is looking at pictures on little screens. Um Right. Not even on television sets necessarily, although, you know, some people are, some people do view pictures on television sets, but it's a very, I think it's a very unsatisfying way to look at a vertical picture on a television set because of the horizontal aspect ratio of a television. When you get a vertical picture, it really makes it look small. So unless you turn your television vertically. Yeah. And mounting the television on the wall, if you want your picture on the wall, you know, it's cumbersome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, uh, even going to the drugstore with a jump drive and just printing out a few images, that can be fun. Yeah, it's again, it's a it's a an investment in time. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it takes um, time. Yeah, it's a bit of a hassle sometimes. It's like, you know, if you have to do it, you're like, "Oh, you got to go do this." And we're so used to just turning on our computer and everything is right there and we can share and 
put it out in various ways. But yeah, today we're really talking about the the fun of of printing things out. I've done a ton of stretched canvases. Well, yeah, I was going to say, can we just go back now to the canvases and we can tell the story of how we met? Because yeah, that yeah. has a lot to do with prints, right? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I I was getting ready for a show down at BWAC, the Brooklyn Waterfront Arts Coalition. And that's another thing to keep in mind in relation to printing. Um, that's a, a group of artists in Brooklyn that anybody can join for like $100. You can be part of a show. And there's hundreds of people that show in this big warehouse. Um, so I had produced, I, I don't know, four or five images for one particular show down there. And I think I sold one or two. Yay. And, and, and that's the other thing, you know, and then afterwards you, you have these big stretched canvases, um, or whatever size you produce. And so I had one that was enormous. It's that kind of iconic image of mine. One of my favorites of that hawk that I saw in Central Park one day swooping down to grab this pigeon. And I, I can't remember the dimensions of that. Um, it was pretty uh, big. It was, it, it, was like, huge, it looked like it was like yeah. four feet by four feet or five feet by five. I mean, it was yeah. significant. It, it, was, yeah. it was enormous. And so, you know, there's, there's the whole business savvy commercial way of approaching these kinds of things, which of course is, is not, um, how I've ever approached anything in my life. So well, wait, wait, you're jumping ahead. You've jumped, <laughs> we go back to the coffee shop. We, yeah. Well, I am, I am. I oh, mean, okay, I, just, all right. I just went to the coffee shop and, and rather than saying, Hey, I have some artwork that you might want on the wall. And you know, this is what I would charge you for it. I just said, Hey, I have this picture. Do you want to, you know, do you want to hang it up? And so it was a totally informal thing. And I think it was up for a couple of years and, and then they remodeled and, and I took it down. You had another shot though. Do you remember? Um, the yeah, that, that's right. The yeah, photograph I used, I, yeah, the yeah. picture that I used for the, um, episode 25, the 10,000 foot view, that uh -huh. shot of the inside of an office building looking out. Yeah, that was there. Yeah, yeah, that first building rebuilt down at Ground Zero. Right. Okay, here we go. I, I'm taking a picture at the window, but um, but that's anyway. the picture. I'm I'm reasonably sure that's the picture that you said to me. Hey, that's mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, right. Exactly. So Tony and, that was, and I met at yeah. this local coffee shop in Brooklyn. Uh, this goes back a few years, and um, that's how we started talking about photography. Is I, I, yeah, I guess I said, yeah, that's my picture there. And we were, we, we were talking about photography and I think I must've had my camera with me. And, and at that time you'd already been a photographer your entire life and I'd been doing <laughs> it for a few years. So, but, uh, but yeah, that's another really fun thing about getting your images out in the world is that it oftentimes leads to new connections and that's what eventually led to switch to manual. It reminds yeah. me of the other coffee shop, another coffee shop in our neighborhood, um, Steeplechase, where a local photographer, Matt Carr, did decided to do devote a show to this one character, this older guy named George, who frequents the coffee shop. And he talked to George about it, and he agreed to do it. And so Matt photographed George and then created about five or six images and did a, a, an entire show devoted to this um, older guy who just came into the coffee shop. And so George was thrilled, you know, he was suddenly a celebrity in the neighborhood. And, and Matt later told me that he had printed the images at Costco 
um, which was super affordable. And, and the quality, I got to say, I mean, I've, I've done a, used a lot of different companies for stretch canvases and they came out looking great. Um, so, so the, that, the sorry, you, go ahead. sorry, I was going to say he, he, his show is all stretch canvases. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's kind of a small coffee shop, but there's probably like five or six all along one big white wall. And that's part of the fun too, is just if you're doing it for a show and it might be a local organization like BWAC, Brooklyn Waterfront Irish Coalition, or you just might approach a coffee shop or, um, you know, any kind of place, restaurant, a place that just has rotating art and, and start talking to them. And then when somebody says, yeah, sure, um, let's go ahead and do this, then suddenly you're thinking, okay, which images do I want to print? How big? Uh, how do I want to position them? And, and it's really fun. It just, again, it gets you out of the virtual world and you're suddenly producing works of art that other people are going to see that are going to be part of the ambiance of some space. And, and that's, it's really fun. So to go to the practical part of it for a sec, you did stretch canvases. There's uh, stretch canvases has co- have come a long way in, in the past in terms yeah. of quality and in terms of, uh, ease of, um, I don't want to say use, but sort of the production, ease of production. Yeah, yeah. I've used a company called CG Pro Prints. Um, they do canvases. And I used to, I don't know, I would say I, I was a snob against canvases uh, for some reason. I've moved away from that snobbiness because I think the quality of the canvases have gotten better. And I've also realized that certain pictures, cer- certain types of pictures work on canvas, certain pictures don't. Yeah. That's true. That's but, true. you know, putting a show together, a, a quick way to put a show together is with canvases because you save a couple of things. First of all, you, the production is uh, pretty good. The second thing is that they're already, in a sense, framed. Because yeah, that's huge. Yeah, they'll come to you already together on a box, you know, a, not quite a frame, but a, uh, with hanging with a hanging system on the back of them. So if you're going to do a show in a coffee shop or you know, something where you don't want to spend a lot of money, canvases are definitely a way to go. Yeah. Um, the ease of hanging those up too, you know. Right. How, all, all you need is a nail. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to sell, if you're selling images. That's it. And when somebody looks at it, they're not thinking, okay, well, I could buy this for X amount of dollars, but then I have to pay a few hundred dollars more if I want it framed. Right. Whereas with a stretch canvas, somebody can just take it home, put hang it up, on the wall, and hang it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think that there's certain types of pictures that may not work. I mean, be kind of the thing you'd want to do is to test out before you start doing a whole run of canvases to see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, but places like Costco, the uh-huh. CG Go prints, they're really inexpensive. So even just running your own tests, a couple of tests is not such a big investment. Yeah, you can start small. Lots of these companies, when you when you first contact them, they'll have promotional deals where mm-hmm. sometimes they they'll give you the first one free if it's like yeah. you know eleven by fourteen or something like that. Um, one thing to keep in mind is if you have the option when you're putting an image into that system, you can have the image wrap around the frame, which I kind of uh-huh. like. It's cool mm-hmm. and it's uh, I just like that look, but. If you have any really important details around the part that's going to wrap, so Mm -hmm. the outer edge of the image, sometimes that just doesn't work. And so depending on the image, 
you may not want to wrap it. So just pay attention to the edges of the image and see if there's anything crucial that might get lost if, if it wraps it. Because sometimes that wrapping process, I think there's like some mirroring that goes on. So the, the technically the actual image itself is sometimes um, just sort of, what's the word, kind of... Uh, <laughs> Well, reproduced around the edges. You yeah, know, you said yeah. mirrored is a good way. I mean, there's yeah. CG Go prints, and I'm sure a lot of other places do this. They give you options to what to, for what to do around the edges. Uh-huh. So a place like CG Go prints will let you mirror the image so that it you know it it doesn't have this abrupt fall off on the edge. Or you can use a color. You uh-huh. can pick a color from your picture, and it they'll fill the uh, the edges of the canvas uh, with right. that color. It could be black. It could be white. Um, but you're right. You need to pay attention to that stuff, and and you you know details along the edges, like you just said, you need to be aware of because that stuff might get lost. So another good reason to do some tests, because then you can yeah yeah sort of you can always out. just do something small, even if you're thinking ultimately you want something big. But yeah, test it small. Another thing to keep in mind, especially if you're blowing things up big, is to use the largest file size you can. So that there's max, the maximum amount of information for the printing process itself. Um, and different companies will have different capacities for handling large images. Yeah. I, I tend to upsample the pictures myself. I've, you know, if I've gone to a large canvas, uh-huh. I've had to use Photoshop or Lightroom to in, uh, interpolate the image up. Actually, you can't do it in Lightroom. Sorry, excuse me. Mostly in Photoshop, where you can interpolate the image up, and they have plug. There's some plugins where you can uh, in, enlarge the image and uh, add some sharpening and whatnot. But you know, with a canvas, you're not working with that much detail, so you can get away with you know a lot of enlargement uh, because the canvas itself is going to is going to eat up some of the detail of it. So I think you yeah. have a little more leeway with that. But if you're going to make a print print. You got to be aware of that. You got to be aware of the, the how much you know, the more information the better. But uh-huh. yeah, I guess if you're gonna make like a you know five foot by six foot canvas, yes, you can. Walk. Yeah, you want a big file. You want a big file. So um, yeah, I've used canvases for clients too. Uh, the company sometimes will just you know someone wants a canvas. If I have it on my website and they say you know can I order this and I say yeah, and you know I just place the order with my company and they drop ship it right to them. You know, so I don't even uh-huh. have to worry about the shipping thing. I just have them pay me through PayPal. Uh-huh. You know, so canvases are a really nice way to sort of like a hands-off approach for selling your pictures too. So if you wanted to sell, set up an online gallery or something like that, uh, canvas is a good way. And people, like you said, people like them. So and yeah. and people can frame them too. You know, just because it's already got a frame doesn't mean you can't frame a canvas. So uh-huh. You can get a custom frame for them too. So. I, I spend the majority of my time when I print using my own printer. And I have to give the praise to Epson uh, for making a printer. Uh, I have the 3800. It's a, the considered a desktop printer. It's a little kind of big. Now they have a 3800, 3880. But I found it being the right size for making prints that, for me, um, the biggest I can print in this thing is 17 by 22, uh-huh. which is, I think, a fairly significant size, considering when, again, when I worked in the darkroom, the biggest I could make was 11 by 14. I couldn't get in a larger, big enough to make 
a print larger than 11 by 14. And back then I thought, ooh, 11 by 14, that's big. I was like, dude, <laughs> yeah. dude, 17 by 22. It's like, it's massive. But yeah. there's there's a whole bunch of printers. Canon makes printers. HP makes printers. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Epson just generally. It doesn't really matter. But I found that sweet spot. The 17 by 22 size printer is enough that I can, you know, I've got it tucked away under a shelf here. And the prints that I can make, that's about the size that I could store my prints here. So, you know, if I had, I would love to have a bigger printer. I just couldn't store the prints that I made from them. So yeah. that it's finding that balance between uh, something that is not going to cost a fortune and then I can actually make, you know, I'm not actually going to use it. You know, if I had a bigger printer, I might not use it. This is a print, a printer that's big enough that I use all the time. And I think the biggest job I did was when I had the show at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden and it was their 100th anniversary. And the, the job I had with them was to photograph in similar areas to a earlier photographer, a guy named Louis Buell, I think his name was, who had photographed the gardens about 100 years ago. Uh-huh. And, and I found, you know, similar locations. And, you know, it was sort of a then and now thing, but I didn't duplicate his, his work. And the idea was to put this show up. It was a huge show. At the Botanic Garden, I think I printed, um, oh gosh, might have been 40 to 50 prints, both mine and his. So mine were color versions, and then I actually printed the ones for the Botanic Garden, uh, and those were black and white. And that was a huge print job, and this printer handled it magnificently. Hmm. Uh, It printed both color and black and white on an archival kind of paper, uh, which felt like a good old photographic paper. And uh, I had all of them custom framed. Um, one of the things we could talk about is, you know, if you're going to make prints, is get to have a relationship with someone who can frame your pictures for you. Um, yeah. The, yeah, because then they get to know your style. And they're very, they often, I mean, you could go to a, a store and buy frames. Nothing wrong with that. But it's really nice when someone is there to say, I think this kind of picture would look good with this kind of frame. So I had this guy custom frame the 40-something prints. It was a huge job for him. And he did, a, he did fantastic. His name is Dominic, and he lives in, uh, lives in Park Slope. Let's see. We, we did the black and whites and colors, and, and he matted them. And uh-huh. we hung – actually, Gene, Gene Mealy, our friend, uh-huh. helped me, greatly helped me hang up this show at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden Gallery. And when we were done, well, I'll put pictures in the show notes of what the gallery looked like. It was fantastic. It was, um, it, it was incredible to see pictures that were at one point digital coming out into the real world. Yeah. And, yeah. and seeing people walk around looking at them. And the thing about printing them, I wanted to also mention about printing your pictures. We, we like to share our pictures online. And when we do that as photographers, we really don't have control over how someone views that picture, right? Right. So, you know, if I send you a picture, you can look at it on your iPhone or your iPad, or you might look at it on your MacBook. And so you're seeing that picture in different sizes. And part of the beauty of printing an image is that you're sort of in cr- control of how the person's going to view that picture, that, what size and what the whole viewing experience is going to be. Yeah, um, there's something absolutely. to be said for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and hanging artwork at BWAC, I've uh, I didn't know anything about doing that, and you know, but they have people that have experience curating 
shows and they come around and, you know, they there's certain kind of standard heights that you tend to want to hang things and they were advising me and, and so that was fun. It's a fun thing to learn how to do and to just start to think about you know, what, what's the experience you want somebody to have when they come and see your work. I remember that show, Tony. I think that was before I had met you, but I had a friend who was working at the Botanic Gardens. And so I, I was there and I, um, I was into photography already at the time. And so I was really admiring the images and they're totally beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I still have a bunch of them uh, in, in storage here. Uh, uh-huh. I didn't get to keep the black and white ones. The, those were for the Botanic Garden. They had paid for them anyway, so that was theirs. I wish I could have uh, kept a couple of them because uh, it was really nice to do the then and now thing. So, you know, uh-huh. picture it 100 years ago in one location and then me in a, a similar location, um, putting them, juxtapose them next to each other. It was it was fun. But it was a, a lot of effort to print all those pictures. Yeah. Um, it was and a you- lot of... Sorry. Well, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say there was a lot of Photoshop involved. There was a lot of um, sample prints I had to make, you know, in order to get the quality I wanted. So it was a a big effort. So printing a show, and and luckily for me, I had some of the expense covered by the Botanic Garden. They they were paying, I think they were paying for the frames for me. I can't remember. There was something where, where, you know, we made a deal and I wasn't, I wasn't carrying the bulk of the cost, but to frame, you know, like that would have been prohibitive for me to do by myself. Yeah. Framing um, can be really expensive. And I, I was going to say, you mentioned that you can, you know, you can go to the store and buy frames. And I would just say that I had an experience where I, I went to a big sort of discounty kind of place and, and they had tons of frames, all different sizes. And I was going, kind of big. I, I don't know if it was like 16 by 20 or what it was exactly, but, and, and this was for a show and it was a frustrating experience because I put a lot of time and energy into the printing of the images. And then the frames were kind of cheap because I tried to save a little money mm-hmm. and they were actually kind of falling apart and I had to try to Ooh. glue them together. <laughs> oh no, no, really? Nightmare. And that, that was oh. part of what pushed me in the direction of stretch canvas. I just thought, you know, I don't have a ton of money to deal with. I mean, when someone else is printing them, that's obviously a different matter, but are paying for the framing, you know. But when you're doing it yourself, if you don't have a lot of money to work with, that's that's another reason, I think, to consider the stretch canvas because framing can be really expensive. But the point you made about finding a person and developing a relationship, too, I think is really worthwhile because there's almost always a – an art shop, a framing shop in any given town. And and it really pays to, if you're going to do some framing, get to know somebody and, and, like you said, develop a relationship with them and work with them. That can yeah. help. Yeah, so recently I just sold uh, three prints to uh, a co-op a couple blocks away. And the, the guy is part of the same Facebook group I'm on, our, our neighborhood Kensington Facebook group and so he contacted me outside the group and said oh, do you have pictures that I can buy for our lobby and I'm, yeah I was like yeah and so I sold them three 20 by 30 prints and the the journey of these prints were I mean they're New York they're shots of New York uh-huh. and they're just looking to put them in their lobby and I used 
instead of printing them myself, they, uh, my printer can't go 20 by 30. Um, otherwise, I would have printed them myself. Uh, I went with Adorama. By the way, you know, Adorama is one of the better places to make digital prints. They're really inexpensive. I'm not getting paid by these guys, but they do a pretty, really, pretty good job. So check out their website. Luckily for us in Brooklyn, I could order the prints online and I can pick them up in Brooklyn. They allowed me to pick them up their print services on 19th Street in Brooklyn. So nice. I was able to just drive over there and say, you know what? My framer's on 19th Street as well. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, 20 by 30 prints from uh, Adorama were like 18 bucks a piece. Wow, that's so reasonable. For three prints, yeah. And and they offer services like mounting, so you could get them mounted if you want already. I don't know if that, I don't think they offer them framed, but uh-huh. you know, if you wanted to get a print that, and they, they, they ship really well, their packaging is really good, but you know, if you wanted to get a print that you just wanted to hang on the wall and you really care about framing and you, you didn't want to do a, a canvas, you know, a service like Adorama, I'm sure there's other places that do it as well. Where you can just get a print and have they'll mount it for you. Are you talking like foam board kind? Yeah, of like thing? a foam board. So uh-huh. you know you can get a big print, like a twenty by thirty or even bigger, and you know for maybe about I'm gonna say less than forty or fifty bucks, right? Uh-huh. Shipping yeah. included and stuff like that. And and there you go. You have this great thing that you can hang on your wall. And if you don't like it, you could take it down and sell it. You know because you can replace it with something. They're not that expensive. Yeah, but, and the, the advantage of to doing having it printed up that way is, if you do sell it, somebody else can deal with the framing. If exactly. Frame yeah. It. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So one of the things I did though is I made some test prints before I went that big because even though, you know, eighteen dollars is not a lot for a big print, I still wanted to create a print, a final print. So um, I just ran some eight and a half by eleven test prints through those guys and. I used different paper stocks, and I, I did different kind of exposures on uh-huh. them so I could see. Because sometimes, often when you print, sometimes yeah, the prints tend to come darker, out darker, lighter. Yeah, uh-huh. they tend to come. They tend to go darker because inks and uh-huh. stuff tend to bleed and, and build up. So, you know, that's one thing you want to test. You want to test a print and and do like maybe three copies of the same print at different you know exposure levels. Uh-huh. Um, usually, I find that if I lighten my pictures by ten or twenty percent that tends to work with the different print services. Uh, and that's even with a calibrated screen that I have and stuff like that. But, but anyway, I did, you know, I figured that, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't going to cost me a lot of money to do some test prints. So I did test prints and I did them on different paper stocks. And one of the new papers, the new thing that everybody's going crazy about is metallic paper stocks. You should see this for color pictures, mm. metallic paper. It's not really metal, but there might be metal infused in it creates a surface that's incredible. It, it's kind of reminiscent for those of you in the audience who are old enough to remember Cibachromes. Cibachrome was a way to print transparencies. And it created, it, the, the surface was incredibly shiny and the colors were really saturated. And this is reminiscent, metallic surfaces are reminiscent of old Cibachrome days. But um, for these pictures that I was printing for this client, the metallic wasn't quite and it was a little too much. So I, I went with a luster surface. And so I printed the three prints. So it was like 56 bucks, you know, to get these things. I walk them over to my framer. And he's giving me ideas about how to create the frame. He used spacers so that the print was not right up against the glass. Yeah. Because you don't want that. You don't want. You generally don't want to have a print right up against a piece of glass because there's a couple of things that are going on. First, it's a great place to collect moisture. 
and it's just not good for the surface of the print to be near glass. So you often either want to mat the print or when you're when you're doing just the the frame, you might want to float what's called floating the image or put some spacers between the glass and the print itself. So these prints had a one-inch border around the edge because I wanted to make sure they didn't look like a poster because I think, you know, if the pictures go edge to edge, it kind of looks like a poster. Yeah. And, and that wasn't the look I wanted. So I did a one-inch white border around it. I signed my name on the bottom, which the white border allowed me to do. And he framed them in such a way that that white border was visible and, it, and it's really elegant looking. And the other thing he showed me was the kind of frames I could choose from. So I chose a really nice black frame. Instead of a flat surface on the frame, it was curved. Uh-huh, right? Nice. So the, the surface that's facing you, yeah. or, you know, the viewer, is instead of this flat surface, it's slightly curved. And it was beautiful. Mm. And it, the way it picks up highlights and stuff like that. So we did those frames. I gave them to the client. He was like, incredible. I mean, he says, he's so happy. And they've already gotten compliments from the building. Awesome. Yeah. Although he did say he might want to, they might want to paint the frames. I was like, oh man. <laughs> well, as you know, that's their option. It's like one, I gave them basic black frames because I think you know pictures look really elegant in black. You know, with the white border. Uh-huh. In, in this case, and I don't know what kind of lobby they have. I mean, I could have walked over there, but you know, once you start offering, like, uh, what I was trying to keep the price down. Yeah. I'm trying to keep the production time fast as possible. And so uh-huh. I really want to go there with 25, you know, different frame colors yeah. and say, yeah, which one do you want? You know, it's like, you know, they can, if they want to paint the frames, they can paint the frames, but I hope they don't. The takeaway of this was, you know, part of this was working with my framer who was yeah. able to give me a lot of suggestions, you know, uh-huh. and, and see through a different set of eyes. And this guy's a sort of, he's a master framer. So, you know, he was showing me these things like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it just took so much of the pressure away from me. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we've covered like the entire continuum from frames that fall apart that you have to reinforce with wood glue to, you know, working with a professional framer who really knows what they're doing. Here's, here's a, here's a bit of experience for me to, to everybody. Um, I print a lot on my, my Epson printer and you got to let those things dry and you got to let them dry for at least 24 hours. And it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, the best thing would be to do it is to lay them out flat, each print, you know, with nothing on top of it. Um, but essentially what happens is those prints have to outgas. There's, there's stuff in the ink that has to, and when the ink combines with the paper, it has to, what's called outgassing. And so huh. one time I made the mistake of printing a picture and then sticking it, I mean, I, I did a store-bought frame and um, it wasn't pressed up against the glass. But what happened was I... I Took the picture, printed it. I might have waited an hour or two, stuck it in a frame. Uh-huh. And then within a few days, I started seeing some sort of fog, like a colored fog on the inside of the glass. Huh. And I looked up what was going on and I realized the print was outgassing. It was, it was, it, the prints need to dry. And when they're in the frame, they have no opportunity to do that. So if you guys are going to print stuff and then you're going to frame it, wait, you know, 24 hours at least. And this is with all papers. It doesn't matter if it's plastic paper or fiber paper. You need to wait. Um, Sometimes people put a piece of paper over on top of, actually, if you take a print out of a printer and you put a piece of like, you know, printer paper, like a, you know, Xerox paper on top of that print, within about an hour, you'll see that piece of white plain paper start to wrinkle up as it's absorbing some of the gases. 
huh. from that print. Yeah. So anyway, who take, knew? Yeah, learn from me. You know, <laughs> wait, uh, and even with the prints that you get from the shops, you know, uh, you know, just give them a little bit of time before you stick them in a frame. That's my. That's yeah. My, yeah, that's that's a great little inside tip. Yeah, because that was really nasty when they're outgassing and they start to wrinkle and stuff like that. And then you have to unframe it. And no, it's not worth the time. Not, mm. Definitely not worth the time. So uh, we talked about canvases. We talked about prints. The great way to show your stuff. We didn't talk about, you know, the kind of things like the Apple books or the blurb books. Everybody knows about those. They take a lot longer to create. So you have to spend a lot of time laying them out. Even though the software helps you a lot, you know, there's that sense that you have to sit there and lay these things out and create a, you know, a flow. Uh, and have you done any of the books? Yeah, I have. I, I love the iBooks, the, the templates. It's also user-friendly. And, and I, I've been really happy with the quality. Um, they, they seem to be getting better and better. And they have nice little dust jackets. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I've created some really meaningful gifts using those. Yeah, Blurb Books is another one. And the great thing about Blurb is that you can put them online and sell them as well. So it's like a print, you know, a print-on-demand service. So if you have a great photo book that you want to share, you know, print one out for yourself, stick it on your stick it stick it on your shelf or your coffee table for yourself, but you can leave it up on Blurb and people can buy it. So it's a nice way to self-publish. Uh, I would also recommend, you know, printing your pictures in a book. I mean, it's another way to store them, it's another way to have them, it's another way to pass them along. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's a good way to create a portfolio, too. That's how I got my first newspaper job. I just created a book and showed it to a newspaper editor who said, I, I could use you tomorrow. And yeah. Yeah. It's a nice thing to carry around with you, too, because, you know, if you're taking pictures of people on the street and they're like, and you're, and you're wanting to go up to them and say, hey, this is what I do. And if you yeah. have a printed book, you, you suddenly become a little bit more legitimate. Yeah, they're thinking, who is this nut job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to share that I've had an experience with, I mean, this is online publishing now I'm going into, so whereas it's not quite sharing like Flickr or 500 pixels, but on the iPad, there's an app called Storehouse. Let me just double check the name of it here. Yeah, and this may end yeah, up being a teaser leading into another podcast because I think we could do a whole podcast on um, online publishing. And yeah, this sort of crosses the you know it's kind of a foot in both worlds. Uh huh. Being that it's mainly for an iPad or an iPhone, I'm a, I'm not sure if it's available for Android, but it's definitely a tablet experience. And it, there's a little bit of a social network built into it. So you get followers and you follow other people and you see what they print. Print. It's not the right word. But uh, publish. Publish, yeah. You create an online magazine in a way of your pictures and you create a little story and they give you little layout tools. It's a very simple layout tool. So you're not going to spend a lot of time laying stuff out. And it's a nice way to share a little like photo story. So I've recently posted up a few stories. One I just did of a old 1960 Rambler American car that was parked in front of uh, the farm on Cortellu. Uh-huh. It was this great car. And I went with my camera and I shot like, you know, 
a dozen shots and I, I trimmed them down and I made a little story, quote unquote, in storehouse and put posted it up there and it's getting a lot of great feedback. And cool. they're, you know, published in a way that I, I have this ability to do some layout. It's more than just sharing one shot, you know, so it's a little story and it was very satisfying. And it, it is sort of, it just lives in that app though. I don't, I don't know if it works so well if you look at it in a browser on a desktop. It really is meant for the, you know, the digital tablet form. Uh-huh. Um, so in some ways it's limiting, but it's another way to, I, I feel like it's close to bringing your pictures out into the world. You know, I have some control about the size of the way the images are just, you know, laid out. Um, so anyway, I wanted to mention that it, it probably is not exactly, it's not exactly printing, but it feels like it, it has a feel to it. So I wanted to put that into the, into the mix. Yeah. 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 It's all about getting the images out there, but I do think we could devote a whole podcast to online publishing and just ways of, of sharing. But, and I love that notion of telling a story and there's certain apps and, platforms that involve text and you can collaborate with bloggers which is a lot of fun and uh, yeah but ultimately it's about getting the images out into the world yeah printing is to go back to that printing is a very satisfying way of doing that i think yeah uh, bringing absolutely. bringing the pictures into the third dimension as it were yeah you know so i don't know it's it's something i grew up on i sort of got so used to it and, and didn't even think twice about printing. And then when we went to digital, it took a long time for digital printing to get up to, you know, speed, I think. And mm-hmm. now we're there. I think it's an important way to, to show your pictures. And I think also a good way to archive them. You know, if we're printing on stuff that's archival, the stuff has a good chance of lasting. It'll be in a cigar box, in a flea market a hundred years from now and people be able to look at your pictures and say, Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Well, I, I want mine in the mat, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. May it be. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we might've talked this subject out for the time yeah. being, but, uh, any final thoughts? No, no. I'm just uh, absorbing all that. A lot of what you were sharing about the chemical process and the different kinds of paper, because I haven't done a lot of that kind of printing. That, that was that was fascinating. Yeah. So I learned a lot on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have to make you a print before uh, before too long of the black and white shot of the uh, that you took in Ireland. Of yeah. The crucifix. Yeah. I think it yeah. makes such a nice black and white print. I, that, yeah. Sorry, that's the one last, th- one last thing I wanted to just go into. It's like when I saw that picture, I can't remember where I saw it. I don't know if it was Flickr or something like that. When I saw it, I was so moved by it. And it, I looked at it and I said, it, that has to be a print. That has to be made into a print. And I yeah, think when it's you funny s- how, how it is. Yeah, sometimes certain images just sort of, they're, they call for that. And you yeah. can just sense, okay, this needs to be printed. Yeah. You, you, with enough experience, you look at a shot and you say, I need to see this in a print. Uh-huh. You know. So that one I looked at and I said that one has to be a print. That one has to be made into a print. I think the other one of yours that would be great to print if we if we can do it too is the Greenwood Cemetery with the tree and the hawk flying off. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one that screams of, you know, print me. Uh-huh. So 
I think I think with enough experience, you'll look at pictures. They'll 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 tell you that they want to be printed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Not every shot needs to be printed. Believe me. Yeah. But the few that do, they'll tell you. Yeah. So all right. All, all right. right. Well, where can people find us? Uh, in Brooklyn. <laughs> 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 I'm right on Ocean Parkway. <laughs> oh, you mean there's other ways of finding? Yes. Well, back to the Matrix. Yeah, back in the Matrix. Take the uh, what is it? The red pill? No, take the blue the pill. Blue pill. The blue yeah, pill yeah. keeps you in the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. So take the blue pill and see us at switchtomanual.com. That's our website, and from there you could find us on Facebook as well. We spend some time on Facebook, and we're on Twitter at switch the number two manual. So switch to manual. Um, we have Flickr. Did Flick, we say that? Yeah, we're on Flickr. You can get that from our website, and we are also uh, hoping that you all who are listening to us, if you get us through iTunes, if you can give us some feedback and some reviews on iTunes, that'd be great. I don't know. It would know, will let us know that you guys are listening and that we're going the right direction. So, so uh, consider that. What else? We have a little coin bucket for chump change because all this ink and printing is expensive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah on, our, on our website, we do have a, a donation button. So if you guys are feeling up to it and you want to send us a beer, we wouldn't say no. Yeah, and another way to help out is just share rather than like when we start posting it and so that we get the podcast out in front of as many people as possible. It's always fun, and we're pushing 10,000 listens, so it's great to know that uh, people are listening. And so thanks for participating in that way. Yeah, you know, October, even though it's... I, I hate jumping ahead, but October will be our one-year anniversary. So Wow. Yeah, so we're coming up. I mean, it's... We're in August, September, October. Oh, two, three months. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that's it for this week. I'm glad you guys are listening, and thanks a lot. And uh, I'll see you later. Adios. Adios.